Good morning and welcome once again. Good to have you all here today. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about a lot of different subjects. And, of course, we've been talking about the armor of God. We've been talking about faith. That's always a, uh, a common theme, and it's not going to be any stranger today. And um, as, a, as a pastor, you get asked a lot of questions. And one is... Why is it that God is not answering my prayers? Why is God not hearing me? Why is God not this? Why is God not that? And if you've ever phrased a question, even if not to somebody, just in your own mind, have you ever questioned that? Have you ever questioned, is God hearing me? Is God ignoring me? Is God not doing? Then this message is for you. And uh, there's going to be more than we can fit into this this time we have now, so we're going to break it up a little bit, and we're going to to look at it. We're going to we're going to troubleshoot. We're going to troubleshoot God. We're going to troubleshoot our prayer life. Many times we've been taught that we are not supposed to question God. That we're not we're just supposed to accept everything and just go with it. And that's not the case. God wants us to understand. He wants us to understand his word. He wants to understand his will. He wants to understand everything about him. He wants us to have a relationship with him, and he wants us to be close to him. And sometimes we have to ask questions. You know, as a child, and we are all a child of God, but as an earthly child to our parents, when we don't understand something, we have to ask questions. When we don't understand any kind of figure of authority, we have to ask questions. And God doesn't mind us asking questions if it's going to further our relationship with him. What he doesn't want, he doesn't want us to be defiant. He doesn't want us to be questioning his authority, but he wants us to understand and wants us to learn. So let's just stop right there and have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today to get into your word. We ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, to let your true message shine through and to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So uh, let's back up a little bit, and um, I call this troubleshooting. You know, one of the hardest things you, is when you're, you're coming up with a message is sometimes naming it. You know, you've got to have a catchy title, especially in this, this modern world where it goes out digitally, and sometimes the title's all you've got to really reel somebody in. And uh, so we're calling this one today Troubleshooting God. So what does it mean to, to troubleshoot? If you've got any kind of an electronical device, an appliance, a car, they all come with these manuals. And they first of all tell you how to put it together. And then it tells you how to use it. And then if you flip to the back, there's a guide called Troubleshooting. And I actually had to use one of these this week because we had one of them new fancy dancy uh, vacuum cleaners that don't plug into the wall anymore. It's battery powered and it has a little blinking light that tells you when it's in trouble. Well, the problem is I don't speak vacuum cleaner and I don't understand what all these little flashing lights are. So I had to resort to the troubleshooting section of the manual. And that manual tells you what a problem might be and possible ways of how you fix it. And uh, it says, well, if the light's blinking this color, you might need to check this filter. And sure enough, there was a filter in there. I didn't have no idea it was there. Pulled it out, dusted it off, back to working again. But we have that in, in every aspect. If you take your lawnmower to the shop, 
the first thing the mechanic's going to do is start troubleshooting. He's going to make sure the basic needs of that motor is there. Make sure it's got fire. Make sure it's got fuel. And make sure it's got air intake. And then if any of those things are missing, you go deep in further to see if you can find the issue of it. And what we have to do is, is when we come to a point when our prayers are not answered, or they're not answered in a way that is what we ask for, we have to look and see what the reason is. Because God tells us that his word is yes and amen. And let's look at Hebrews 4 and 16. It tells us, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, where we will attain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God tells us we're supposed to go to him. So why is this so important that we find out why the disconnect is? Well, first of all, we want our prayers answered. And second of all, there is, in my opinion, nothing better than we have an up-close and personal experience with God. When you sit down in prayer and you ask him for something and he shows out and he gives you exactly what you asked for or gives it to you in abundance and you have that peace that washes over you that it can only come from God, there is nothing else that is like that experience. And of course, when we have God in our lives, when we have these big experiences like this, it gives us something to build faith on. And we know that faith is the key element in our entire prayer life, our relationship with God, and being able to access things of the kingdom of heaven. It helps us to build faith. And when in times of trouble, when we have doubt and despair, it gives us something that we can look back on and remember when God seen us through. So we have to look and see because God's never the problem. God's not ignoring us. God's not simply not listening to us. God's not doing. God's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. And many times in life we hear that God can do anything. And I think that statement needs to be modified a little bit because it gives people the wrong kind of understanding. It needs to be that God's power can do anything. But God has made laws. He's made guidelines that not only for us, but for him to stay in as well. You know, he gives us free will. He gives us the choice about whether or not that, whether we're going to seek him or not seek him, whether we're going to follow him or not follow him. We have all these choices to make, but yet we don't always want to have that. We want to have the free will when we want to do what we want, but yet we also want God to intervene when we're in a situation. We can't have it all. We have to make our choices. If this is the first time hearing this today, one thing I talk about in the past is that we cannot be in two places. We either walk in the light 
or we walk in the darkness. You're either serving God or you're serving Satan. There's no middle ground. There's no, I don't believe. It's one or the other. There's no middle ground. And a lot of times we want to walk right on that line because you get over there and you feel that cool, damp darkness and there's certain things that make you comfortable over there, but yet there's things about the warm, bright light that's nice too. And we kind of want to bounce back and forth because we're human. We're in that internal struggle that we do these things. So we have to, we have to troubleshoot. We have to see what the problem is. And the first step is John 14 and 6. Jesus say unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. Do no man's cometh unto the Father but by me. If thou had known me, thou shalt known my Father also. And from henceforth know him, and have seen him. The first thing in our troubleshooting manual is, do you have Jesus? And we're standing right now in a, a church building. So you would think that that's a, a pretty simple question to answer. Uh, pretty easy question. But yet you know that there's people that walk into church buildings each and every week that do not know for sure whether or not they have salvation. See, everything seems pretty simple when we talk about it. But it's in the execution that sometimes things can get muddied up. Things can get difficult. See, because all these human things that we do tend to override a lot of other things. You know, you could find yourself as a believer, as a churchgoer for many years, and then all of a sudden realize that, wait, I've missed one key element. And that's why we keep backing up and we keep going over these, these basic things because just because you've lived your life a certain way doesn't mean you have all the elements. You haven't retained all the information that you need. That's why we go through things over and over again because it keeps opening up new things as we put more and more stuff together. We have to keep going back and learning and going back and learning. And many times we might feel a shame or an embarrassment because we've reached a certain level of life, but yet we don't seem to have all the knowledge that we should possess. One thing we have to remember is that each and every one of our relationships with God is different and individual to them. And we can't judge ourselves based on what someone else appears to be. Because first of all, we do not know their hearts. Only God and the individual knows the hearts. All we can do is see what happens from actions. And so many times we are an action-driven people because we like that cause and effect. We like stuff we can see. So we, we hear things like, well, I'm a good person, so I, I, I know I'm, I'm okay. I do good things, so I know I'm okay. And they miss that point. 
I said there's certain things in the past that we uh, need to be able to answer with great certainty. And your salvation needs to be one of them. And it's not difficult. It's not difficult to know that you have admitted that you're a sinner, that you have repented, and you've asked Jesus into your heart. And from that point, you know that there is nothing, nothing, nothing that you can do, nothing that Satan can do, nothing that anyone else can do that can pluck you from the hands of God because you are covered by the blood of Jesus. You need to know that you are forgiven, forgiven from the past, forgiven from the present, and forgiven from the future because Jesus made that sacrifice. That is the first step. Having Jesus, he is that communication device that allows us to go directly to God. We talked about it last week, that the veil had been ripped, that there is no more, nothing standing in the way between us and God. We can go straight to him. We don't need anybody. We don't need anything. All we need is to be covered in the blood of Jesus. So the first thing in our checklist is, are we a believer of Jesus. Because without him, it's like trying to make a phone call without a phone. The next thing we need to look at is, do we believe that God can do what he says he can do? We know that God doesn't change. That he is the same As he was in the very beginning, he's the same. He will be in the future. He doesn't change. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly into the groan of grace, that we may obtain mercy, find grace, and help in time of need. We are to seek him. We are to go to him. He is our source. Many times people say that there's no miracles anymore, that he doesn't do these things. You know, there's a whole list of things that God has done. And for the purpose of this lesson, I'm going I'm to say that healing is what we're after. It's a pretty universal thing. I'm sure that all of us have something that we can improve on physically, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually, there's some kind of healing that needs to be taking place. And uh, so we'll, we'll use that. So we can look at some of the examples. There was a, a man with a, a withered hand. There was a, a man with his ear damaged by a sword. There was the woman with the issue of blood. There was wounds that were open. And I could keep going on and on. And this is in the Word of God. But you know what else I can also do? I can also talk about people that I know personally, people that sit in this room here, uh, like my daughter that was healed miraculously from a heart condition, from the people that had cancer. And I say had because they have it no more. There was a brain tumor healed. And it's not because of technology, it's not because of man, it's not because of doctrine, it's because of God. 
because I know each and every one of these individuals, these individuals were personally prayed for. And it's not man, it's not science, it's God that gives these individuals the ability to be able to, to do these things. These are God-given talents. Each and every one of us is given certain skill sets to be able to further the kingdom of heaven here, to be able to help one another, to help our brothers and sisters to be God's hands and feet. The power is still there. God still can. And so many times we put God in a box and we think about all these things that could go wrong. But it is... The same power, the same power that did these miracles, the same power that parted seas, the same power that raised Lazarus out of the grave. It's the same power that we have access to today. It's not weakened, it's not diminished, and it's unbridled. How about Hebrews 11.6? But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe he is and that the rewarder of them seek diligently. And in this whole chapter 11 here, there's a whole series of verses that start by faith. And it talks about how the faith of these people caused these certain things to happen. Enoch, Noah, how they was able to do the thing. Abel, Abraham, by faith. And this is the one that we really struggle at. is faith. Because we have to have unwavering faith. So many times we use God as a backup plan. We have a problem, whatever the case may be. And we try every way in the world to solve it ourselves. And then when everything else fails, that's when we turn to God. Because it's a last-ditch effort. That is not faith. And then we, we ask for something. And we give God a way out. Because we say things like, well, if it be your will... There's no if. We know what God's will is. If we're talking about healing, we know that God wants us to be healthy. God wants us to be whole. God wants us to be able to do things. He healed all of these different people. And one of my famous sayings that you hear me say over and over again, if God did it for them, he will do it for us because he is one and the same. He wants us to be healthy and whole. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. But do we believe it? And do we maintain our faith while we allow God to work? Because we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll leave God a, a way out. We'll say, well, if it be your will. And then we pray so vaguely. So we, it's like a, 
You know, the reason why horoscopes work is, is they, they leave it so vaguely that anyone could be scripted into it. There's a lot of things like that. We just, we leave it so vaguely. And we'll do that with our prayer life. We'll pray such a, a vague, open-end prayer that virtually anything can happen. So when it does, we're good with that. Because we don't want to, to lose that hope. We don't have enough faith, but we don't want to lose our hope either. We use that hope as a cushion. You know, it's like buying that lottery ticket. We don't do it, you know, because the odds are good. We do it for that hope and how that could change our lives. That's what that's about. And a lot of times we do the same thing with religion. We use it as, as a crutch. And we use it as a hope just to, to give us something to get to that next step. But we're not really utilizing it the way God wants us to. So we give them an out. We give them a broad brushstroke. And then, even though that we pray, doubt bubbles up. And the world tells us that we have to seize every, every thought. And I experienced this the other day. I was having a little issue, and I was seeking God for it. And I prayed my prayer. And then what happens? One of them little doubt bubbles formed in my head. So I had to repent. Sorry, God, for this line of thinking. And then go again. And then what do you know? Here comes another one. And what do we have to do? We have to back up. And after the third time, I had to reflect on the different times that God had seen me through. The hard times, the difficult times, the times that seemed impossible when I experienced that answered prayer, when I got that deliverance, when I seen that change, and it was nothing I done, nothing the world done, nothing man done, but only that could be done by God. I had to resort back to that. We have to take control. And we have to stay steadfast in our faith as we're waiting on God. Because sometimes, many times, most times, our timeline doesn't meet God's. He's got perfect timing. He's never early. He's never late. He's always right on time. He's always performing and doing at the exact right moment. And we live in the world of fast. We want instant. We want now. We want it as soon as possible. We're not good with patience. We're not good with waiting. And it's in these times that we are waiting, that's where our faith grows and our faith builds. But what do we do? And this is where we have to troubleshoot. We have to look back and see, okay, what am I doing? Because some of us look like this. We're begging and pleading with God. That is not faith. That is desperation. We go to God because we know he will help us. 
We know he will see us through. We know that his answers are yes and amen. We have to know these things. There can't be a, an if, there can't be a but, there can't be a maybe. It has to be, I know, I believe. We have to be certain in our thoughts. And we'll do good, and then the next day comes, and what do we do? We're, we're pleading again because nothing happened. Well, if we're repeating the same stuff over and over again that we've already asked for, it, it's already done. Because once we, we say it, it's done. That's it. But then we're starting the clock over again because we have doubt, we have fear, so we're having to ask again. It's like a little kid. It's like, okay, you can have your candy later. Is it later yet? Is it later yet? Is it later yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Constantly asking over and over again because they're not seeing whatever they want manifest. We have to believe it will be done. And then we'll let a little time pass, and then we let all these doubts and fears, and we, we, we ask God to do something for us, and then what do we do? We start trying to find a backup plan. Well, when God fails, this is what we're going to do next. Or if this doesn't happen, this is what we're going to do. And that is counterproductive because we're not... Trusting God. We're trusting our own resources. We're expecting him to fail. Faith is expecting him to come through. But we go to that default negative thought process. And this is a big one. You know, many times we get, we get bad news, we get something we don't like, and we pray to God about it. But instead of praising Him, instead of planning on a positive outcome, we start talking about the negative. We get a bad diagnosis, we pray about it. Okay, God. But then we talk about how we're going to die, how it's all over, how it's so bad. We start planning for the end. That is not faith. And then when you say, well, I prayed and God's not helping me. Well, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're preparing, you're asking to be healed, but you're preparing to die. It doesn't make sense. There's no faith there. There's your problem. So there's two steps, three steps. Do we have Jesus? Do we have that communication device? Do we have that initial step? Step two, do we believe that he can do what he says he can do? Does he still do these things today? Was all that just for show? Was all that for that time here or does he still do it? Are miracles still performed? The answer is yes. And then the third thing is, do we have faith? And I'm not saying it's easy. I gave you an example today. We're all human. We all struggle with it. 
Even me. Because that's what Satan wants us to do. Whispering in our ear. That's where we have to overcome it. You know, it sounds simple. Except Jesus, believe he can do what he can do and have faith. It's the execution. Especially that last one. That last one's tough. That last one's tough because we get so bogged down in circumstances. So bogged down in circumstances. I want to see every seat here full. And then we have days like today when you don't have a very big crowd. And it's real easy to get discouraged. And it's like, well, you know, hey, God, I'm doing all this stuff. But listen to what I'm saying. I'm already doubting. God wants us to be filled just as much as I do. God wants to see souls saved. But the one thing that he has that I doesn't is the vision of the future. He knows the beginning from the end, and he knows how to get us there. And he has a reason why his timeline the way it is. He has a reason for everything that he does. And he's growing us, and he's stretching us, and he's building us. How much more meaningful is it when it takes just a little bit longer, but then you see that miracle manifest? How much stronger is your connection with God? And here's the one. Here's the bonus. Here's the bonus in that. You know, it's supposed to be all about God. And, we, and you know, we Christians, we say, oh, yeah, it's all about God, all about God. But you know what? We're selfish, too. We're selfish, too. And we like to feel good. We're all we're feeling driven, feeling driven. We like to feel good. How good is it to feel whenever you you endured and you got beat down by the world and you got beat down by this, this situation you're going through, and then you come out the other side, and then not only can you praise the Lord, but you can say, look, I made it through too. And you know what? God's okay with that. God's okay with that. Because you did make it through. Because if you did, that means you had the faith. That means you did rely on him. And that means you did have that faith-building exercise. And he's okay with a, a little pat on your back. And you know what? He's going to pat you too. He's going to pat you too. There's a lot more to talk about. But I don't want you guys getting too bored too much too quick. So we're going to stop there for today. And we're going to keep looking and troubleshooting. We're going to go through this troubleshooting guide and look at these other things. Because there's other things. You know, so many times in life, it's something that's so simple. You ever pulled and pulled and pulled and pulled and pulled on a lawnmower and tried to get that thing to start, and you checked the gas, and you checked the choke, and you did all these things, and you forgot that one little thing, to turn on the switch. One little thing. And all it takes is one little thing that we're missing from our prayer life, from our connection to God, that throws everything out of whack. And, you know, it's going to be hard in the beginning to work out and see where all of our problems is. But as we do it, it becomes easier to recognize. We can do it quicker. We'll get stronger. We'll get better at it. And these periods of frustration and confusion and the times we 
fall into fear and to doubt. Because when we move into these areas, we have to start all over again. We have to go back to build back up that faith. We have to go back and, and ask for forgiveness and ask to God to see us through because we're messing up. We have to look at ourselves. And that's one of the hardest things that we can do as humans because nobody likes to think that they're the problem. Nobody likes to think that they need to fix something or do something different because change is hard. This life was not meant to be easy. It's meant to make us grow and to change and become the people that God intended us to be.